So welcome to another episode of the Eight Black Hands. This is episode 182, and we are excited to uh, still be kicking after all this time. That's a lot of shows, man. That is really like a lot of shows for us not to be on Netflix yet or HBO or something. Where's the contract? That's all I'm saying. Where's the bag? Where's the contract? We've been putting out too much, too much really good content into the world yeah uh, they said more platforms more problems bro i don't know about all that there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> hey, bro, you can be replaced I already uh, we, yeah. <laughs> you're already replacing people <laughs> wow wow uh, uh, that's messed up man we're not gonna your bros ain't, lo- ain't loyal man that's all uh, i can say new yorkers no. ain't loyal well, listen, uh, you know, Charles should be joining us possibly. He is in route and in transit, so we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. But uh, we will welcome him if he makes it. If not, there are six black hands uh, that can tackle the issue that we're talking about tonight, which is basically, we should just call this about, it's about carceral education. I have talked a lot about uh, schools in terms of them being starter prisons. Not all of them, some of them. Some of them look like they are putting you on the path to prison on purpose. Uh, uh, And we have a story that we want to use to jump off and have that discussion tonight. But before we do, as we always do, quick check in. How is everybody doing? We'll start with you, Ole Miss gangster. So so, so for y'all listening who can't see, Ray changes his name. Yeah, he changes his name every week on the screen. And this week, for some reason, his name is Ole Miss gangster. Gangster. So, anyways, Ole Miss Gangster, how are I you? He was a missus. Good. <laughs> so, Ole Miss is a university. Football, in, uh, I know. In this is fun. This is fun. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and so, uh, we saw a melee of uh, two uh, white fraternities fighting against one another, and one would only think that uh, if these were uh, two black fraternities fighting against each other at an HBCU. That all hell would break out in terms of how the media would have covered this. It would have been all kinds of these blood versus crips and all kinds of stuff, right? But instead, this narrative is, oh, I'm glad that their fathers are, uh, I'm glad their fathers are lawyers and stuff like that, bro. So I wanted to bring attention to it. This was in the stands? I missed all of that. Bro, they, it, bro. bro yeah. <laughs> These white boys were wilding out. They were like fully dressed. I've never seen anybody like fully dressed fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like in, in their jackets and everything. And they were, woo. <laughs> they, they have hands too. That's the other thing. Like y'all need to stop sleeping on white boys. White boys got hands. <laughs> white boys been on that Rogan shit for long enough now to where, you know, you don't. Don't act, don't, don't get it twisted. You might catch your ass whooping. Just, just be careful. Oh, be careful what that. you say. Oh, uh, I, I immediately put out there in response to it. Uh, I blame fatherlessness because every time <laughs> there's any type of melee or anything that that, ha- that takes right. place with black children, young black people, yeah. we start having a national conversation about fathers and culture and hip hop and politics and, and victimhood and, and woke this and that and the other, blah, blah. When it's white boys, it's just, oh, well, that looks like a fight. Mm. Boys mm. will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys yeah, will be boys. We're not having a national conversation right now, but it is what it is. Sharif El Mekki, how you doing, brother? Good. Doing well, man. Doing well. Listen, I, I finally got to see why people love California. I almost stayed out there, man. It was beautiful. 
It, it was is. absolutely beautiful. I was it like, is. wait a minute. Why am I going back East Coast? I, I might need to stay out here. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. Shout out to to, to my brother uh, Kamal Stanford and family and um, college football playoff and LAUSD um, and the work that they they launched with their Black Men Educator. So good time. Also good to be home. Glad to be home. Reese, so I saw a picture with you uh, in in the LSU LAUSD board member that was, that was on our show. Oh and yeah, I, yeah, she was yeah. she was good to um, yeah, it was good to see her. You know, she's elected and she's she's man, she's uh, driving some some um, initiatives, um, and so it was really good to to see her and and um, you know, and and hear about the work that her and the team and Calvero and the rest of them are doing. Man, good good stuff. So it's interesting to see school districts up close. That's the second largest school district in the United States, LA, USD, Los Angeles Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and About half a million students, I think. Whew, like a lot of students in a big territory and a mm-hmm. big budget um, and a lot that goes down in that school district. But if you just read the news reports, you don't get it doesn't look the same on the inside, yeah. which is why last week when we were discussing the test scores releasing, uh, and I don't want to relitigate this, Raymond. Sounds like you do. Don't but, open but Raymond, the door. But Raymond, keep, keep it shut. Like, Raymond's <laughs> hold door, week, hold like, door. Like, dissing people like, you still ain't released your test score. <laughs> the reason that I gave some grace to California and to New York is because I do feel like it looks a lot different on the inside than it does on the outside. And sometimes they're doing bad things. And sometimes... It just is what it is. It's like a cigar is a cigar, and it, it isn't anything. Anyways, not to relate. Just cigars a cigar. Los Angeles, hey, but, but New, York, New York City did. New York City released their scores. See, yeah, and the, the world's no different. And there's nothing in the whole, world, bro, bro. You had all kinds of parent groups coming for you in those comments, man. And that's fine because parent groups need to like start activating around these moms for bigotry. I just put out a tweet last night. Like these moms for bigotry are having chapters show up all across the country getting laws passed and whatnot. And the ed reform parent groups are sitting around. Listen, don't get me started. Throwing people out of their, their private retreats and shit. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's just move on. Uh, let, let's just leave it alone and move on. Not everybody is going to be a warrior for our kids. Anyways, let's move on to tonight's topic, which kind of is carceral education. Super producer, we have a video that we want to share with the public. So why don't we watch this real quick? It's only about two minutes, and it sets up a part of the story for us to talk about. So let's do it. Let's hear it. Well, the controversial arrest of an Eastridge High School student now has new video available to watch online. Today, the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office released the school resource deputy's body cam footage on YouTube. News 12's Jordan Simmel joins us now live in the studio with a breakdown of that footage. We have tonight's top local story. Good evening, Andrew. Thank you. According to an affidavit, SRD Tyler McRae was called into the school gym after 18-year-old Terry Sledge refused to participate in a class activity due to not feeling well, but began playing basketball as soon as the class entered its free period. McRae's footage opens with Sledge's gym teacher claiming the student began cursing at him and calling him racist. This leads to a heated conversation between student, coach, and Eastridge High personnel. Sledge continues arguing with those gathered before McRae places his hand on the student's shoulder, much to his disapproval. Sledge eventually begins walking away to the other side of the gymnasium, pursued by the SRD. McRae follows Sledge up the bleacher steps, repeatedly telling him to collect his belongings and come with him. 
to which Sledge refuses, cursing out and arguing further with McRae. This is then where the controversial incident filmed nearby on another cell phone and posted online takes place. The deputy grabs Sledge by his hair and backpack, slamming him down against the bleacher seats. Sledge can be heard audibly saying that he is not resisting arrest, much to the disagreement of the SRD. McRae and Sledge both go further up the bleacher steps, where McRae tells the student repeatedly to hand over his backpack. Sledge refuses and is then pepper sprayed by McRae for refusing to let go of his book bag. Sledge's father soon appears and is brought outside to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with McRae, who says he could have tased the student to restrain him, but didn't want to, opting for pepper spray instead. Another officer and Sledge's father then help the 18-year-old wash the spray out of his eyes before he is handcuffed, escorted into the back of a police car, and brought to Hamilton County Jail. The affidavit says he is being charged with assault, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest. At about the 23-minute mark of the near-hour, eight-minute-long video, as McRae is still trying to get Sledge's backpack off and escorted to the bathroom to get his eyes flushed, the student can be heard saying multiple times that the SRD did not make him feel safe. The full video can be found online, linked at WDEF.com and on the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office YouTube page. Live from the studio, Jordan Simmel, News 12. So here we go. I just, you know, first of all, I want to uh, shout out to, to newscasters. Oh, it appears as though uh, the young man got his butt whooped. Uh, we don't really know why. Man, listen, we need to take over newscasts because they, they, they hemmed and hawed about a lot, a lot of things in there. But let's just, let's just uh, put a couple of things on the table real quick. We'll come to you, Ray. This resulted in a uh, charge. This did not result in like an expulsion or an, a suspension or something. This resulted in a criminal record. He actually got um, he actually got arrested. Um, the SRO was removed from the school. No, uh, nobody has replaced that SRO. So they're without an SOR, or SRO or an officer in the school. And the the police union is backing the officer after seeing. The full footage, the police union says that he acted appropriately with an unruly student. For our listeners, I would like you to know that this is just a clip. This is a short clip. They Black Hands have watched a longer version of this, and it's available to you. We will put it in the comments. The longer version of this adds a lot more context, and I would like to talk about it. But, Ray, you had something to say. I could see it. You're chomping at the bit. Come on, Ray. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like... I feel like we all should be able to uh, kind of unpack our initial reactions from seeing this. I know um, Reef is probably going to have a more visual reaction to this than, than than me, but like I'm just thinking about this from from the lens of fatherhood, man. I'm thinking about it from like that father who had to come and console his son and then take his son into the bathroom and wash pepper spray out of his son's eyes. And then watch his son get put in the back of a police car, all while sitting and talking to the man that that that, that orchestrated this assault on his son, mm -hmm. and having to remain humble and mm -hmm. having to be respectful of someone that just disrespected somebody that you brought life to. Man, listen, he better than me, because we both would have been in the back of that goddamn police car. I, I, I'm well, tired of this shit. Let me say this about that, because what's not shown in the video is. When the officer is talking to the father outside, he's telling him a different story than what actually happened. He's telling him something. So I've heard the conversation that he had with the father outside and the way that he is describing it and explaining it. He's making it sound a hell of a lot more therapeutic 
than actually what was on on film, what was actually on his camera. So that father, when you see him outside talking to the cop, he's he's catching up on what happened. And he's being told a totally different story than what actually, not totally different, but very different than what is actually on camera. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, that's and that's the issue, man. It, like, you know, what the clip, the first thing that I thought of when, um, you know, when you first put it in Slack, I was like, oh, man, I do not want to watch this. But, you know, you're watching the first thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, um, during enslavement or during, you know, Jim Crow and, you know, how many black families had to watch their children being sold, whipped, castrated, burned a lot. You know what I mean? Like all the things, right? And then this Joker's outside. Basically, he's lying, right? Like, and, and, mm-hmm. but it also is the same thing as police. You know what I mean? Like the, the amount of times, you know, I, I have three brothers. All of us have been arrested at some point, some of us multiple times, and charged with assaulting police when that was the exact opposite of what was happening, right? And the fact that they just are able to, you know, to, to lie to, you know, uh, paint a picture. And then he's basically saying like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I could have tased him. You know what I mean? Like I could have, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like, well, I could have killed him, but I, I beat him half to death, right? Like I could, mm-hmm. and at, at first, mm-hmm. you know, and in the stands, it looked like he grabbed his neck, you know, I, I was just like cringe, but it looked like, you know, that part, like that was what he was about to do. Mm-hmm. But then to grab hair and all of this, all of this, nobody was ever in danger except the boy. Yes. Nobody was ever in danger except that kid. Like mm-hmm. that's for me. That's the thing that that just like, I mean, so it's give infuriating, a little, man. It's infuriating. A little, little more background when you watch the longer video. It starts with the white coach, who's upset and he's waiting for the the cop to come. The cop comes and he tells him, "I just had this exchange with the kid. I'm pretty, basically kind of says I'm a little pissed off about it, whatever. So I, I need you to walk over here with me to talk to the kid at the same time." Meanwhile, that kid is talking to a black educator at the very time that they come up. So the black educator is hearing the kid out, hearing the young man out, and the white educator comes with the cop. And they have a conversation, and they start talking over each other. And the the white educator says to him, I'm 50 years old. I've been in this a long time. I am the teacher. I'm up here. I uh, uh, I have the respect. You don't. Uh, So when I ask you about a thing, uh, you don't you don't tell me anything other than basically what I want to know. The kid apparently had was having a bad day. He didn't want to play kickball, which was the activity that they were having in the class. Uh, so he went and sat. He went. He separated himself from the group and went and sat up in the stands. And he started feeling a little bit better, so he came down and played basketball. That's when the white coach approached him. White coach approached him in a way that the kid says was very aggressive, and it threw him off. After that, there was no more. There was no point of return. That was it. So when they're approaching him with the cop to talk to him about it, the kid does it again. He separates himself again and walks off and goes up to the stands because he doesn't want to deal with it. He just wants to sit down and chill. The cop follows him up to the stands and the whole world turns upside down from that happening. So how many people, I just named three adults in this situation. What do you two know about de-escalation tactics because it feels to me as a person looking from the outside in, nobody attempted to de-escalate the situation at all. As a matter of fact, every adult involved looked like they were just ramping it up. So first and foremost, right, uh, I'm thinking that there's somebody in this school that has a relationship with this kid. So prior to making this call to the SRO, 
I'm getting on the phone. I'm getting on the walkies to find whoever has a relationship with this kid to be able to come to the gym in order to have a conversation with this kid. If there's no one that has a relationship with the student, I'm then getting on my cell phone and I'm calling this kid's father to let this kid's father talk to this child, right? There's no way in hell you can tell me that this this, this child's father gets to talk to him after he was assaulted by the SRO, but not before. What preventative measures were put in place in order for, 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 for that dad to come in and be a father? Clearly, he's active in this kid's life. He's at the fucking school. He's there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it happens way too often where we let these people off the hook when we are actively involved in our kid's life, but then they make decisions for us with us not even being there and then tell us, lie to us to our face after the fact about what they did try to do you ain't try to do shit mm-hmm. y'all got me tight on this episode man mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> yeah i mean and and then for the the union which is typical right they're like oh we don't care what they do they were in the right like you know what mm-hmm. i mean like oh we don't mm-hmm. care what they did because there is no what, what what's that uh uh supreme court justice justice quote there is no right you know of that a white man has to you know, uh, respect. And I, and you can remove white or whatever. Like if, it, if it's that position of power and it's in the school, then it's almost like a child doesn't have any right. Like he didn't want to play kickball. So he ends up arrested. I, I To me, there's like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like to me, the, the part of the conversation would be this person's instructional skills. Mm-hmm. You have a whole class and one kid mm-hmm doesn't want to play kickball and so this this basically destroys the whole class right like you're telling me this is your instructional expertise mm-hmm. right and, and, it, and the coach did say he said that he said i'm responsible for these two teams that are playing each other in this and you're throwing my thing off like i have a whole plan of some sort I, I yeah, forgot. No, no no you threw it off bro you yeah. threw it off by making this a like why is a cop being called it's it looked like the young man was having a conversation with the with the uh, with the the black uh, staff member. That means like automatically, yo, I got it. Like mm-hmm. yo, I I got right. Like and and you see good staff doing that all the time when there's someone like we got it. Just keep walking. One, don't bring your, don't bring. You know, we talk about like children having uh you know uh emotional Energy. regulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's the adults, man. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. adults. Like you right. know what I mean. Well, listen, because I'm gonna challenge y'all a little bit on this tonight, because y'all, y'all, like this feels like a choir. But let's pull up, uh, super producer. Let's pull it up. We're gonna start it at the point where the young man gets to tell a little bit of his story, um, and and we got it queued up, I think. Um, and this is important because I saw this video before and wondered what mm-hmm. the black educator was doing because in the clips I saw before, he wasn't helping. He was just standing there watching everything happen. And I asked you two last week, what would you do if you saw a young black man in your school being brutalized by a cop? Wouldn't I don't care what your position is. Wouldn't it cause you to want to intervene in some kind of way to slow it? And what and what if we both so, answer you? What if we both say to you, we would have both lost our jobs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was a good answer from you, too, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that is for your profession. I mean, before you play, the, I, I'm going to tell you just this, yeah. this one story before you hit play. Um, one time at dismissal, um, you know, most of the kids that got in, I had gone inside. 
the staff lets me know we're you know we were getting a staff meeting so i was going up you know i came a little early to set up you know um my laptop all that kind of stuff to do the presentation and then someone told me that one of our seventh graders was in the back of a police car for getting smart for getting smart with a philadelphia police officer you know, i ran outside because i'm just like yo like you know what i mean like what in the by this time they had released the girl um thank god i mean and so me and this police officer is getting into it and you know at the end you know because i'm not backing down and she wants to you know get all hype and stuff and just like i was like listen you don't need to be around here she's like i don't like kids anyway call my supervisor so i could be you know what i mean like it was that type of animosity but you know i mean god is good because if i would have gotten outside and seen this seventh grader in handcuffs because she got smart like, you know what I mean? I, I just like, you know what? I'm just, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, Lord, thank you so much for like putting blocks up and barriers and stuff like that. Like it's, it's absolutely unacceptable. You know, I, a while after yeah. that, we almost got, again, this is at our school, <laughs> me and, and, and uh, Shana Terrell almost got arrested because these police officers are on, they are on motorbikes, on sidewalks. Like just, I mean, kids are running out of the way because they're racing down the sidewalk and they call themselves like, you know, dispersing kids at dismissal. I mean, they're out of control. And so I literally wrote a, you know, I called, I wrote an open letter. The captain of the, that prison going to come to the, uh, come to the school the next day. And so I'm like, we didn't like that you, uh, you know, wrote that. And we don't, you know what I mean? Like, and the whole thing was trying to intimidate, but that, that afternoon they were literally, the one boy said, I don't like how you looking at them. Like literally, this is how they talking to me as the principal. I'm like, listen, I don't care what you don't like. You have no right being up here trying to treat our students like that. Mm -hmm. And for that, they want to try to arrest us. Like, yo, bro, like this stuff happens so often, so often, so often that it's, it's uh, like, uh, man. All right. Well, let's push it forward. Story. Peppermint tea. See, I, I put two yep. bags in here because of this uh, Jordan. All right. Thing, you know? so let's push the, forward, the, the story forward. We got the young man here uh, about to have a little bit of his say, his say, and he does have a supportive person who's an educator standing next to him. So let's let's see this. Super producer, let's roll it. The administrators, my counselor, whoever came hire a teacher for my institute. My institute, I've been taking all four years. So that being said, my institute, my guidance principal put me in here. Not knowing that I told him I wasn't feeling good. Came, came to him about that. That was already done. Done on about, yes. Done on about, we left him on. Okay, cool. We cool. I'm up there in the bleachers sitting down. Finally, when I come, come down from off the bleachers, he want to come at me aggressive. What happened to you? You supposed to be in the bleachers. Like, that's not how you talk to me. You can be a good citizen, but be aware. When you talking to me, it's respect. So what happened after that? After that, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing else to discuss. I walked off and continued on what I was doing. I'm not finna talk to a good old citizen. You could have your little, you know, you feel me? That's not gonna resolve nothing. If I'm not doing nothing, if I'm minding my own business, don't come to me no type of way. 
Now how you bumped up against hey, me like that? We're talking about How you bumped up against hey, me like that? As a teacher, he didn't play as a teacher. I, 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 I told you, you I wasn't feeling good. That was the end of We've been quiet while I talked to the space. I'm minding my own business. I walked out. Can I work? Okay, I organized game. You didn't play. I asked you why you didn't play. You told me you didn't feel well. I didn't I didn't fuck on your name. I said, okay, it's fine. Next thing you know, the basketball's come out, and now you're on the floor. So I came up to you, and I was like, I thought you were sick when we were playing kickball. And now you're not sick anymore. And that's when you, you went from here to like that. And you shut it down, and I couldn't talk to you. And that's where we are. I asked you a question. I said, I thought you were sick when we were playing kickball. And then you went, and you changed twofold. Like I was coming at you. And then you said, don't come at me like that. I was like, I'm asking you a question. I'm not coming at you. If I came at you, you'd know it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm 50 years old. I'm too old for that stuff, okay? I've been, I've been doing this for 26, 50 years. All right? I've got a little bit of experience. So if you think I'm coming at you, totally wrong, 100%. But as a teacher and as a person of, of respect, that I do respect these kids, you ask any kids in here. If you call me racist, I'm the most least racist person in the school. You ask anybody around here. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should just fight for that title. That should just be a fight. Who, who deserves that the most? God damn. <laughs> All right, let's cut it off here, Super Producer. So he said, I'm the most least racist person that you've ever known. I just want to tell people, we'll put the, we'll put the link in there. You could go watch. It's a very long video. But this is another. I wanted to show this section because it shows things starting to escalate again. So the, the one educator is talking to the young man in a way that is very kind of, I love the way that he's standing shoulder to shoulder with him, side by side, looking the same direction and not being confrontational. So, so what happened after that? So then tell me what happened after that. Uh, and then comes the cop with the other educator. And from this point where we just cut off, the young man gets more and more and more agitated because of the way, like if I don't even notice it, there's a couple of things in here to notice. Number one, did you notice how the cop kept putting his hand in front of his own camera, his own body camera? Like, you know, why am I looking at this dude's ugly finger the whole time? Right. It's just real interesting when they know that that camera is right there. But the thing he was doing, like the, the other educator holding his walkie talkie, pointing at the and pointing at it, that pointing, yeah, pointing that, that at it. That's like, aggression. That's, that's an aggressive. Right that's an aggressive Absolutely. stance. Absolutely. As soon as yeah, you roll up so, with so. three with, with three more people. When it's obvious, like, you know what I mean? It's, again, it's, it's, it's situations. Not that, in, like, I've never had to restrain a kid before that was putting himself or others in danger, right? Like, you know, I, but I'm also thinking about, which was extremely rare, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I remember us mm -hmm. having to remove when a kid was, like, just really, really struggling. We removed all the students out of the room and just gave the kids space and just trying to kept talk, right? Like there's so many different strategies that you try to, you know, you try to use. But if the kid is DS, he's having a cover, which is what you want, right? Then talk, oh, the kid's not talking. This kid is talking. Mm -hmm. He's talking to a staff member. Keep your distance. You don't need to come in there. And that right now, right then is not your time to tell your side of what you saw, what your perception. This is like 101. This is like this is not even 101. This is like basic stuff. You ain't even got to go to training to understand that. You roll up on somebody three, you know what I mean, three folks deep. How would they not start feeling more I, I know you, if I'm talking to one one person, three more come up, like, yo, yes, I'm I'm getting agitated now. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? What do y'all want? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Like is any and yeah, yes, we want kids to be respectful. Yes, we want you know kids to be able to handle things. 
but don't put more responsibility on handling things right on a child than for adults, whatever that salary is, right? You know what I mean? Over three hundred thousand dollars worth of salary standing up there and can't and you know can't figure that out. Brief, listen. I know you cater for black teachers, right? Like part of your life's work. The second half. No, of your I, life. I cater for great no. educators, bro. Okay. I carry cater for great okay. educators. But so part of your movement now is we need black teachers, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, so that is the second part of your of your life's work, right? So I'm giving you credit. But here's what I what I want to say about that. We saw a black educator, right, that went about 50% of what they were supposed to do, right? In my opinion, right? So like, yes, he created a safe space in order to have a conversation with this kid. He was allowing this kid to decompress, etc. However, when those three folks came over there, he too could have said, "You know what? I got this. I don't need y'all here." Right. Okay, let's I stop there take... for a second. What do you think okay. would have happened for his standing if he did that? Because I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. But if he had done that, yeah, I, I'm imagining in these these people, he's like two or three rungs down. Maybe where they are right. Yeah, like he re- he reports to one of these people or feels like okay. I don't know. I don't yep. know. I, I actually don't. I don't know. But what do you think would happen to him? Because there's there's three. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you white what folks, happens. you know, males there. I'm, and I'm gonna tell you. He, he I'm gonna tell you what, what happens. Okay. Let me tell yeah, you. Tell me what All happens. Right, so what would have happened to him is that had this thing gone viral, and he stuck his chest out for that little black kid like he was supposed to do, there ain't a black administrator in the United States that wouldn't have put this dude on payroll, right? Yeah. So sometimes we got to be in, we got to take these positions seriously. And we got to be willing to risk it all because that's what we come for. That's what we come to work for. Me and Reef talk all the time about going into work every day and it can't be your last day if, it's, if you're going to advocate, if you, if you're gonna advocate for these kids. And so, bro, listen, mm-hmm. I'm going you get in there. fired for advocating for hey, kids? Hey, then you, you're doing God's work anyway. So it don't even matter for real, right? So implicit, like, implicit in what you're saying, though, is he might lose his job. Bro, I would have loved. Yeah. So let's be clear. He yeah. would have. He might would have lost his job. If that were me in those shoes, I would have lost my job. Ain't mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. that I was gonna let that happen the way that that happened. That, that ain't no way. All right. There's just one more part of this I want to show, and then I'll stop showing parts of it. So, super producer, you pull us up. This is the part where where things start going left for real, and I'm not gonna show a lot of it because I just I don't you know I want to save us the time to be, be able to talk about it. But, but kind of uh, go ahead and show this part. Talking about the game. That's you the whole point. When you had free time in basketball, that's when you did it. And I ask you a question. So why aren't you feeling better now when you, when you wasn't nervous? Because like they're, they're see, escalating it on him. It doesn't matter. It I'm up there on the bleachers, and I'm just now, I'm telling you, I was feeling myself. It's the reason why I came down from off the bleachers. It don't matter about no basketball. It don't matter about no no kickball. It ain't. It don't got nothing to do with none of that. I said I was feeling sick. You say you if I'm feeling sick, I'm going to be up there on the bleachers. Where did you not understanding that? When I'm feeling myself, I'm going to come down. Where did you not understanding that? Lower your voice. Lower your voice. I'm just losing myself. Anything else you want to come from? I don't want you to If you want to talk to anybody, I, I, I got a lawyer. Anything, but you're not going to come in no type of way and disrespect me. Bro, get your hands off me. Hold on, Get your hands off of me. I said, hold on. You got five seconds to get your what hands off What the fuck off. are you going to do? You got five seconds what, to get you your hands do? on me. What you going to do? You got five seconds you got, to get your hands off me. I ain't going to do nothing. You exactly. going to get your ass off, off of me 
and get out of my presence like you got some sense. Be a good citizen like you is. How about you be a good citizen and not raise your voice? Put that badge on your hook. And causing a big scene inside the All right, let's cut here. Nah, I ain't causing a scene. So the first thing out of the cop's mouth is what? Is like, what you going to do? No, he said what the F you going to do. Yeah, he said what the F you going to do. He didn't say what the F you going to do. So we talk about sometimes these SROs are supposed to be not regular cops. They're supposed to be specially trained cops who are trained for schools and trained for de-escalating and working with young people. And the first thing out this cop's mouth with a body camera on and everything is what the F you going to do? He got a union. So, 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 so hold up, right? Because I, I, I want to make sure that I'm looking at this from two sides of the coin, even though I still would lose my job over this kid, right? Yeah. I'm still yeah. thinking about, I'm still thinking about how I would coach my son in a situation like this, right? Thank you, Jesus. And so, yes. and so, and so, and so I'm not, I'm not, my son is not going to act like that in a situation where I'm not there in order That's to right. protect him like on site, right? Because we can't trust these educators to do right by our kids. We, we got to trust our, our, ourselves in terms of being there and being in that space. And so my son would have just like, would have politely said, listen, I understand what you're saying. I would like to call my dad, right? And then I would have been there and I would have been on their ass, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, and so we got to, we, so I'm, I'm not saying that this kid shouldn't properly advocate for himself, but you got to you got to know your surroundings. You got to know when you can win and when you can't win. I'm glad you're saying this because this is what I said I was going to push y'all on. First of all, I just want to be real. Sometimes we could talk about these things and we're not being 100% real. I'm going to be 100% real. If this is my son on this camera right now, we have a problem at home. Like we're going to be talking, right? Like I get this video. There is nothing in the world that's ever going to justify the police response, right? Mm. That That's separate. There's that's like, let's just all agree. We're never going to agree with the police response here. But this is somebody else's son. If this is my son, we got a problem. As a father, we have a problem to talk about, right? Like, I don't know how you get to this point. I would ask you all, I'm an I'm a outsider, layperson. You all have run schools, though. I mean, are we missing something about like, this would be a very hard situation to handle. This kid is not taking any type of like feedback so, I, I disagree I, I disagree I with that i mean yeah. I, I the reason why i disagree and i'm not saying like listen if that was my child yes we'd have a, a issue and I, I would just wonder you know like just what's the the child's experience in the school that's mm -hmm. number one mm -hmm. number two often when we're talking to students let's just you know and i hate to make assumption off a of video but let's say it's the student you know is is you know has escalated in the past. One of the things that you that people actually tell the child to do is to remove yourself from the situation that you feel hostile. That's right. That's so you right. don't lash out there. He's actually removing himself, and it doesn't. And and, it, and again, all of this doesn't mean that you don't hold the child accountable. The child would be account like when things are, the next day come up with your mm -hmm. father, sit yeah. down there. Listen, we got to be accountable. Like you were, we're we're community. You weren't cooperating. You're supposed to play. If you felt bad, then you sit down and not just start your whole new. Like there's a whole lot of conversations around that. That doesn't have to be in the moment. You don't give a feedback to somebody that's already at 100 unless your ego is saying you're going to effing listen to me, regardless of what their situation is. Yeah. As a father, as an educator, as someone who's trying to deescalate the situation, you don't walk them down to further issues. 
Again, <laughs> was he in danger? Is he putting someone else in danger? Right. Well, he, was like, trying to, he was trying to separate himself. Exactly. More than once. Exactly. More than so once. you know, and we no. tell them. Don't we used to tell we used to tell our teachers if a child, yes, a child, I'm leaving the room. Don't block the door. All right. Well, let me ask y'all. Don't this. block the door. The child will like, be. will have a conversation. Hold them accountable. That's separate from the moment de-escalating in the moment. Don't block but, the door. But, in your professional opinion, what might be going on in the moment where you have a young person who's going from zero to a hundred? Like what? What? What might be the story that the hidden story that people don't see behind that? Like what? What are some of the possibilities? It's, it's, so, bro, it's all kinds of trauma it's that you, you so, don't know. Yeah. You don't. You don't yeah, know if this kid ate this morning. You don't. It's all kind of stuff that's that it's like hidden behind, and and that's why, you know, that reef. That's why your work is so important, bro. And 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 I don't mean to keep like you know pu- pushing it on you, but your work is all of our work is important. In terms of like bringing the right teachers and putting the right teachers in front of students with right? the right mindset and skill, with the right, right? With the, yeah, with the right mindset and skill, and then also like with, I would go one step further with a connection to the community, bro. Because like if you have if you have uh, teachers that are rooted in that community, then there's no way that that gets to that point. Because these teachers are going to, they're going to know, especially if they're rooted in the community and they have love for the community, how these police officers and how these folks react to like black and brown bodies. And so therefore, man, I I just think that we need to hire better. We need to hire more consciously. And yes, we do need more black educators. We need the right black educators. We need folks that are willing to go in there and lose their jobs. Like I I would, Mm -hmm. I would 100% hire someone that would have lost their job over this situation right here. This is uh, one student. Does this become a problem for you all as school leaders when you have many students who are deciding they're just not going to do what they're being asked to do? Like this, this was one student in a so in a I gymnasium. Full of students I was, who I, was a, I was a kid that didn't want to do what what somebody. I listen. I was a kid who don't tell me what to do. No, I'm like I was chill, but don't tell me what to do. Like I was that kid. The first time I got into it in school was because I left homeroom with a hall pass, but the hall pass was in my pocket. And a, a Philadelphia police, back then they actually had Philadelphia police in, in the hallways. I'm a 14-year-old mm-hmm. sophomore walking, you know, walking to the bathroom and a cop gripped me up. Like, yeah, I got a problem with that. And so I end up in a disciplinarian's office. Black man. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. Old, you know, black man, veteran educator. And as he is talking, he's like, de-escalate me. He put his hand, he, 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 he grabbed my arm. He was like, why aren't you flipping out? I was like, because I know you don't mean that. Like, it's, it's, it's you. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's like, he's like, all right, I want you to think about, right? Like, he was like, again, imagine if he's gotten me, he's conversing with me, he's coaching me. Right? Like, the, internally, of course, I'm just like, yeah, she he she grabbed my arm again like that's something but he's having a conversation imagine three more just come come into office all trying to be gestapo and whatnot like you know what i mean like first of all i don't intimidate that easily so i'm going to respond like to show you yo i ain't into right like and i'm a kid i'm 14 i'm 14 not that things changed as i got older don't touch me but you know what i mean but still, i was about to like, say this explains a lot this explains a lot you, must and you know and listen and i know we came from a different family I, the conversation I had with my family, it wasn't the way, it wasn't like, you shouldn't, it was just like, all right. But well. you're not really answering my question, Sheree. What's your question? 
Because you're telling me about like I'm asking. I'm just you a telling question. you. I'm asking oh, okay. about a here's, systemic here's question. You said how many? An all right, here's, question. Okay, I mean yes. a response. So I'm asking just, you. Okay, you're asking how many? System, what would I do? You know, like I've heard this before. Just with principals, if you mm -hmm. have one one teacher on your staff that is a problem or having an issue, this is what I've seen in research. It says that it takes up 15% of your time. One teacher having an issue that you have to like keep working on. Where if you, you have more, if research. you have more than one, once you start having <laughs> that's one, a lot two, of time, 15%, one... <laughs> that's a lot for what? That's a lot of time, bro. Y'all laughing, but in the systems, it has been shown I've been that you have principles, you have principles that are, are damn near full-time documentarian. That is true. I, I have seen folders because, this thick and, because and they're the having to document everything, right? There. So, that so is, if you have just yeah. one, there are some principles that have the luxury of just having one. Mm -hmm. But if you have three, four, or five now, if you're one of those locations, right, mm -hmm. now your situation is different than a different principles is because they you don't even get to be a principal anymore. I'm saying the same thing. Like once you start com compounding, your school culture changes, right? So if you have one or two or three kids that have, a, you know, kind of something going on, fine. One or two or three. I've never been in that school with one or two or three kids. Which but I'm saying me. like once, well, in this I've class. Never, I've never seen that. I'm talking about in this class. In this gymnasium, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, except for this one kid. But imagine if if everybody else wasn't. Like if there were more, if you like this coach is, is running a tight ship in that in that he's basically yeah, saying bro. he's basically don't do saying that. Don't you're do the this. only one here. Don't like, do this. Don't do this. Bro. All, I, all, don't I'll do say this. Is, all I'll say is my 16 years as a principal, they were both in turnaround schools. When I went to Shaw Middle School, matter of fact, when when next time I go to the free library, I'm gonna go look up. Shaw Middle School, when they were in the newspaper for setting auditoriums on fire, for setting uh, trash cans on fire, for uh, fighting, you know, um, all kind of craziness in 19, what, what was that, 2003. 2003, fall of 2003 was absolutely nuts. And you know what? You start with culture. There was more than uh, one child that was having um, challenges. There was, but you begin with culture and you figure out like, okay, what do we, what's the professional development look like? Who are the right people to be in here? All of the things, right? And I'm not saying that like it's easy and, and mistakes weren't made and all of that kind of thing, but most schools have students who have challenging behavior, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's, there's no place where it doesn't, you know, for at least where, where I've worked. Like, they, you know, there are a whole lot of issues, societal issues, all of the things that, that uh you know tie in and i think this is this is what it means to have a team to focus on culture to build things out to coach kids to coach staff to coach yourself all i mean i don't know right what, what do you think i like it's it's a school building with human beings right with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of human beings yeah. Building with a hundred just adults is going to have issues, let alone adding, uh, you know, pubescent children. This is, like, this so, is kind so, of like an aside, but can y'all imagine if that these were three dudes? Can you imagine if these were white women teachers? Like how much differently this could have ended, and and how poorly this could have because it could have ended with his life gone. I was about to say because this it already was bad. It was it, yeah. it ended badly. Like we didn't show the rest of the video. It ended very badly. This this child was pulled by his hair down bleachers and then stunned and then sprayed with with uh, pepper spray and then had his backpack had him on the ground 
kneeing him, getting his backpack off of him. It looked very much like okay, slavery. So at what part will you be so having a conversation with your son like, hey, you shouldn't have done that, right? Like at which part? Like after he's recovered from his injuries or why he's in the hospital? Like, like, I just, like you know listen, what I mean? Like, listen, what? I mean, it's a good question, but I just want to say, if we're being very real about this, I don't expect this to happen to my son. I mean, I'm just being very real with you. And there's good yeah. reason. For and me, that goes, there's good reason for me not to predict that this is going to be my problem anytime soon. And mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people listening and watching to this, whatnot. I know Charles has been saying this thing around what's the right thing to say versus what's the real thing to say. The right thing for me to say is how bad this is and that there's, it's a systemic breakdown, that this is a car, this is carceral education. This is straight up starter prison education. The way that they handled it, it looks very much, if you watch some of the prison shows, as a matter of fact, some of the way that they approach the person and the way that they interact with them, all of it looks very much like jail. It it just does, right? And that's the right thing to say because it's true. But the real thing also to say is this isn't going to be all of our problem. Not all of us have this going on. Like not all of our sons are going to be going from zero to a thousand uh, in, in these white environments with these white teachers like this and opening themselves up to be on the news that night. And that's just a real thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I also, also, also say a real thing to say, a real thing to say is safe. that, yeah, even that doesn't keep them safe. And also another real thing to say is like, not everybody's coming from the same uh, uh, family uh, family situation as you either, right? Absolutely. Like, and so Absolutely. and so you gotta, you gotta name that as well. Like if, if, folks, are, if folks are poverty adjacent, they're not going to be able to have these types of conversations or be able to spend this meaningful amount of time in order to have the talk with their kids because they're out working and doing all kinds of shit to put food on. The table, no, right? even if they're poverty, some some do, but it, it's still. I don't think it's so. I think it's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I agree. I, I said poverty adjacent. Poverty adjacent. Poverty. Next to what does that mean? Whatever. What does that even mean? Poverty is right there. I'm next to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I just I, I think there are plenty mean? of parents who are you know who are struggling with uh you know with income and and things like that that have conversations with their children about hey being safe right like our our parents have have been doing that for hundreds of years. Right. Like, let's not just say like, oh, it's poverty. This is like this. This man-made condition of poverty is now people don't have to like since we've been here, we've been trying to protect our children and telling them, hey, here's how you navigate. Here's how you uh, you try to stay off of, a, a, you know, the end of a noose. And it can still happen, it can still happen. Right. And so just want to make sure that we are like super clear about that. And yes. And again, well, I believe in accountability for all. Like, again, it wouldn't be that this student would not have conversations with us, family, you know, a social worker, et cetera, and say like, okay, this is what happened. What could you have done differently? And and totally separate, like, and it's hard to have that conversation in the midst of somebody getting their hair dragged down, right? So I just wanna, I'm talking about the accountability piece just as overall, just the first part. If we could like chop this up and just say, hey, overall, if they wanted to act like, you know, like Rizzo's cops and, and whatnot, and just paused it there when he was first having the conversation, that could have been, as Ray said, like, hey, we need to have a, all right, you're calm now. Da-da-da. Let's have a conversation with your father. We're going to, we're going to sit down and problem solve it. It's hard to get to that point after you watch some kid dragged down the steps by his, by his locks, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to talk about the kid now. Like uh, all my attention is now on you for, you know what I mean? Like one cussing at, a, you know, using the F bomb to a kid. Like I mean, that we're trying to de-escalate. Like that's I'm, nuts. 
I'm pushing you two on this because I feel like we have in somewhat of our audience is the choir. So many of the, of the audience are going to believe what we believe and what we say on this. And, w- and we're of one mind. We also have people watching this and who uh, will watch this video and see this who won't have, I think, the depth and the range of nuance and what they understand and know about the world, who will say to themselves, this doesn't look like something that's likely to happen at my school. The school that my kids go to is very unlikely. Like the majority, I think, of Americans send their kids to public schools that aren't the ones that we talk about so often. We talk about a lot of schools that have, we use words like trauma and and trauma-informed. And we talk a lot about what kids are going through or whatnot we forget that there are a lot of public schools that people are going to right now where this isn't even part of their reality. It's not to say that those schools don't have any issues or any problems. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there is a gap between schools that have a high concentration of certain type of, of backgrounds and behaviors that would be foreign to many people watching news stories like this. And because it's foreign to them and it's not something that they would see in their own schools, with their own kids, and it's not a possibility. They have to fill in the gaps of why they think it happens. They have to fill in the gaps with something logical of why. And oftentimes what they're gonna fill the gaps in with isn't the real information, which is why I asked you a question like, what do you think could be happening in a young person's life that would have them so on edge when they go to school that they go from zero to a thousand in seconds? Like we watched this young man, he is very agitated. He tried a couple of times to separate himself, but by the time a cop got to him or whatnot, he was a live wire. And I don't think that a lot of people understand the background of what what that that moment is made of. What happens right? Be, what happened that morning, that day, whatever that made that like that? We might have some answers for that, but I, I guarantee you that that's mysterious to to a large number of people who would. I, I mean, the reason why I don't think it is, um, Chris, is because there are a lot of, and I'm not saying to say. I was just nervous to say because I don't. I don't want to label this kid. Don't know him at at all. But just saying, like in an isolated situation, there are kids that that may have some um, that need emotional support. There may be some kids that have you know um, that are easily uh, escalated. There may be some students that have, you know, um, I mean, they label, they didn't call it that when we were little, but oppositional uh, defiant disorder, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. I'm sure I had a little bit of that as a as a kid, <laughs> um, but we we didn't Rip call the it IEP that. to match. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even have IEPs uh, back then. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, it's it's just there's so many things. It could it didn't necessarily have to happen something to happen that morning, it could be that, hey, you know what? But then we're actually sitting down like, okay, how do we, if, if so-and-so does have, is escalated, what are the steps? Are you like, this is what we would train our staff. What do we do? Okay, who who is their trusted person to call? Who has their uh, parents, right? Like, and everybody understands like, okay, generally here's the issue. Like we had students like that, that they'd have like a case manager if the child was struggling with something. Right, and the case manager would come not with three people. Hey, hey, question, right? Because we think Mm -hmm. about staff that are that dedicated to the school in order to handle these types of situations. Where's the social worker? Let's stop playing, man. You know, a lot of schools don't have no social. No, no, no. He talked about the the young man said that his counselor, his counselor, his counselor put him in that in that class. But well, that could be. I mean, don't forget, counselor doesn't necessarily mean a clinician, too, right? Counselor could be. No, like, but what, yeah, I, what I got yeah. out of it, though, was that 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 
I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen, yeah. but I think he said that that person wasn't there that day. Okay. He said it like he put me in here, but he's not here today or something like okay. that or whatever, yeah. which is why the other educator was trying to walk him through it. Like he was trying to kind of be the fill in uh, for mm-hmm. that. I believe I don't a, I'll, I'll ask you guys for the play by play. Where do you yeah. think this should have stopped? I so think they're, that they're, I think the black man who was talking to the young man should have looked to the other two, the other three that were coming up and did what Ray said earlier, which was kind of put a hand up and be like, kind of give us give us a moment here. And guys, I don't know if he would have been fired for that. Right. But like, I agree with yeah. you. That would have been the thing to do. I don't yeah. I, don't, I yeah. can't say like, oh, yeah, he would have got fired for telling him to back off. I never like, said that. No, well, I'm just saying like, I, thought, I thought that's what you said. Um, <laughs> I said I would have gotten fired. Yeah. Uh, See why you got. You would have been willing just... to get fired, is what you said. Or, or, like, you or, been willing, yeah, I would have been willing to lose to. my job yeah. over a situation like I that. Mean, I mean, but I don't. Like, even, yeah. I don't know if that's the first thing through somebody's mind. If I'm just like, hey, I got this, y'all. Like, listen, give us some space. Uh, we're talking. Actually, I'm going to walk into my office. You know what I mean? And and so, you know, like in in Islam, we have a we have a a, a, a hadith as a tradition. If you're angry, and you're standing, sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if you're if you're mm-hmm. sitting down. Then um, you know, recline. If you're mm-hmm. sitting down and you're still fear, recline. Drink water. Like there are things that you know what I mean. Just moving a and child. And it says that out. in the Quran. No, I said hadith, brother. It was, it's a, oh. That means tradition. Okay. Um, so these are things that uh, you know, like just de-escalating. I, I think that's where it could have stopped, Chris. You know, to your the simple answer to your question, that young man the black you man who's talking stopped? to him could have just said like hey you know and even before that go ahead Ray. i think this is where you're going but yeah, how, this, how the class was structured and what how that whole interaction is no not not even that hmm. you know how it could have stopped it could have stopped immediately if these motherfuckers would have saw him as a human being i well i want to push on that a little bit right like because it you know if you're if you're if i mean like here's an example Sometimes we'd have an auditorium and we'd be in the auditorium, right? And it would be a child who's just like, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit down. We're just like, listen, we need everybody to see that can't have chaos, can't have 20 people up and running around and all that, right? Like, and so there may be situations where you actually need people to follow directions, be in community, be cooperative. Because that's what we used to say, you're in a community, be cooperative, Right. And we'll hear you out. We'll hear some of the challenges. And it doesn't mean that you can just because I've seen schools there where it's just like, oh, everybody just do whatever you want to. And that is absolutely chaos and it's dangerous. And it's, I was it's, trying uh, to get you to get to this point when I was asking you earlier. Well, that's why I was giving if, an example of like not a problem. Became principal. Yeah. If it's not a problem when you have a large number of kids that suddenly think that there should be no order. Like, listen, this is the role I'm just going to play on this show. I'm going to keep pushing on these things. Bro, that regardless of you pushing that, we not we not gonna no school that we ever ran or no school that we ever right. gonna run is ever gonna nobody gonna show up like that. I mean, this is my point. My point is not everybody is for every school, not everybody mm-hmm. is meant to teach every kid, not mm-hmm. everybody, and I'm just being very honest with you. I know that there's gonna be other people who aren't gonna be honest about it. I probably wouldn't be the right person to be in that re- re- situation either, because you're not as a kid, as a young person. Uh, there's a lot of things you can have going on. You're not going to cuss me out and you're not going to tell me uh, just to go to hell and all that type of stuff. And listen, I understand that the response to that is, yeah, well, then maybe you shouldn't be teaching in the school with these kids. And the answer to that is true. Number one, this is the reason why I say I want to teach kindergarten. And number two, not everybody's kindergarten. 
Not every school. I was about to say, I got not some every school is a match. for you, but I, I have too, but not every school is a match, right? Like, like listen, some of us, and as parents go, and this is this is gonna get me in a lot of trouble to say what I'm about to say. Don't say it. No, say no, it. no, because I think you have to be real. <laughs> we have to be real, right? Right? We have to be real. People spend a lot of time when they choose schools or they they look for where they're gonna put their kids trying to avoid situations just like this one. In the way that they select a school, in the way that they select an environment, also in the way they decide where they want to teach and how they want to teach. And there's a lot of people that would rather teach and attend the Disneyland public schools versus versus the ones where there is a constant kind of problem like this. Now, I've asked people maybe weeks ago, I put something up like I used to really believe in PBIS, right? Because it's evidence, it's evidence tested. It's a full building wide way for the adults to be all on the same page. And the way that I've seen it implemented is you're never supposed to know that there's any student in your building that doesn't ha- that that like that you don't know about that you don't know is having an issue or whatnot. The adults are supposed to share information. This I heard you guys say it earlier. Somebody in the building should have a relationship with this young man and should have known or should be able to be called or to be able to be on a walkie talkie. If the adults have some system, they have some way of kind a of coherent a, system, a coherent system of being able to understand who's in the building every day and and who's having what experience. You know, I have somebody in my homeroom. He's looking a little down. He's having a little situation, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I tell the next person on, you know, check on him. Right. He might be having a day today. Right. Um, but in, in other schools where they don't have that and anything just goes or whatnot, and then, you, you know, you can end up on TV and in jail or whatnot. I don't know that I would want to teach there. And I don't know that I would want, would want to put my kid there. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and uh, let's just, him and his cap. I know. Um, but I, that's I, not I even a cap. Just, that's not even a cap. Uh, yeah, that's a helmet. Know, but that's his version. You know, that's his version of it. You know, we just, <laughs> sometimes we just got to indulge this guy, you know, but I think sometimes I, I think it's. I think one people underestimate like how you know so when we talk about like teachers this is why i go hard for teachers chris because it is such a a there's so many things you know um again just adults in a building and how many people leave exacerbated just from their colleagues who are all adults now you're adding students who are growing who are learning and community members and family right like it is so many decisions that you have to make right so many things so even the idea of and i can just like all the ways that it can go wrong if people are if you're not constantly coaching developing and understanding you know human nature so even the idea of i've seen that go left even communicating to people about so and so is having a, a challenge because then people start nitpicking oh so and so did oh they had their head down and then you know then they, by the fifth time, uh, somebody come up to you like, hey, you okay? I heard your head was dead. Like, even a kid is like, everybody would be frustrated about that, right? Like, so it's like understanding children, you know, having, and this is what I mean by like having them. People are like, you ain't got to love kids. This is why you got to love kids. Because you, you have to love them and under, because loving them helps you understand them and not centering you, right? Because I've seen people harass a kid. Today. Kid might, they might be down, but that doesn't mean they need somebody in their face every, every period either for the full day, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's all of these subtleties and nuances of understanding. And this is why the dopest educators 
are indeed some of the most and you know y'all laughed at me a couple years ago and i was just like yo the dopest educators could almost do anything and y'all were like oh they, they could be a doctor they could be a surgeon they could be a nurse i was like that's not what i'm saying i'm like what i'm saying is like the dopest educators have you know it was, it was like i mean it was almost i was just like what well, do we turn into the four students here what are you talking about like oh they could be astronaut oh dopest educator. i was just like no like what i'm trying to explain is there's so <laughs> they keep it matter of fact keep it on and just bring it down a little bit it's you know what I mean? Right. Just, just bring for our listening know. population. Ray is wearing a cap to uh, denote the fact that, or connote. I don't know the difference between the two. That that Sharif is capping. So if you're listening to this and wondering what this is about, uh, and if you had to learn what cap meant, so, you know what I mean. Within the yeah. year, it yeah. means that you're not being, you know, forthcoming, or you got some. You you're know, lying. You're yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're fine. You know what I mean? In old vernacular. Yeah. He um, would just put a, a blue cap in all the text. I'm like, why does this guy keep putting a blue cap in the text thread? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But anyway, um, I, I just think it's it's so much there's it's complicated. There's so many things that you have to know, learn, understand, develop. And when we see most of our teachers are coming into our schools unprepared to teach, and then that's that's just neutral then you add race class power privilege you add you know kids that don't look like them don't share their background (laughs) then that's (laughs) then that's that's even more complex you know it's it's so much man it's it's so much and i miss it i miss it because it it is such you got to bring your a game you have to be understanding you have to be humble you have to be courageous you have to be smart um and you got to have a team and and somebody put it in earlier it starts with culture What's your vision? What's your culture? What are the relationships that you have? Um, I don't know. What else would you add to that list, uh, Ray? And and I I should say, time check. We are going to wrap soon. So we're going to wrap into our final thoughts here. Ray, I don't know if you want to wrap yours into final thoughts or if you have something. I can wrap it it into final thoughts. Okay. So why don't you wrap this into final thoughts, Sharif? We'll come back to you for your final thoughts and then I'll do mine. Yeah. All right, so uh, my final thoughts are this. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that this situation occurred. Uh, I think that there are several things that could have happened that could have prevented this from occurring. Uh, one, I feel like we need to have educators in these spaces that are culturally competent, uh, that know how to deal and de-escalate uh, our students, right? Um, the second thing is, I feel like um, there's a level of culpability that falls within us as parents in order to have that talk with our students to let them know that, hey, listen, when you're not in a safe space, here are the things that you need to do, right? It's the same as when we talk to them, when they get pulled over, if they're driving, right? Uh, We got to have these similar conversations in terms of like how they need to engage with folks uh, when they're they're in schools as well. And uh, the third thing, final thing is uh, we got BMEC happening uh, November 17th through the 19th. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, Make sure you get them. Them Johns is about to sell out. The Eagles will be undefeated by the time that occurs. And <laughs> and and it's Founders Week. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yo, it starts on the Founders Week 17. Arr, 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 arr. We in the building, buddy. I don't know what any of that was, but let's move on to something <laughs> that isn't that. Uh, Sharif, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> Do I have to go after Founders Week? Like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the barking and shit. Just go ahead, bro. <laughs> the bras in the building. Um, yeah, I, I mean, listen. I I think 
a couple things. I think that there's there are competencies that you need in order to be an educator. Um, most of these competencies are not being taught in a lot of the educator prep programs. You know, I think Pennsylvania has over a hundred educator prep programs. I, you know, I'd be lying if I told you I thought most of them were teaching these competencies um, that educators need to be effective in any school. Um, I, I would say, secondly, I've sat, you know, at a table with so many black parents, black and brown parents, who've told their child exactly what, um, you know, Ray said, which was asked to call me or, you know, have a conversation, you know what I mean? Like they were holding their child accountable for their child's, you know, um, being uncooperative. Um, and and they are coaching, whether they're poverty adjacent or not, parents are having these conversations with their, you know, with their children. Um, you know, but what I would also say is there, there are so many situations where um, you see a situation like that and again, I can't help but to think about my own lived experience, right? Like I remember in high school, I had graduated, but my brother, I think was a junior or senior. And, you know, a cop just hit the hit his friend in the back of the head with a nightstick at dismissal. Like, I mean, I mean, these kind of, and it's not, you know, my brother ended up being arrested with him because he, you know, was offended and took a friend. Like, yo, why did you just bash my, my friend's in the back of the head with a nightstick. Um, but, you know, so not but. So you think about all of that. What I also want us to constantly think about is what does all the other students see and what do they ingest and what happens to their psyche when they see a kid, a classmate, whether they're friends or not, drag down the bleachers by their hair. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what happens to the psyche of other students? And I, I want us to think about that because we've seen that video, we've seen a thousand of those type of videos. And sometimes what doesn't happen is, is how did other children view themselves, view their school, view their space in educational, uh, supposedly educational space and their relationship um, with these adults in, in the building. And so I wanna, again, back to culture, but also um, not only the direct victim, but the other victims who, who vicariously are gonna have to live with that. So it's a lot. Um, well, this has been a good show. I think it's a timely issue that we needed to talk about because it's in the media. And what I think is that uh, oftentimes there's, the background isn't there, like, the, like a deep dive. So this was great for me to talk to real educators uh, about something that's in the news that I think is mysterious to people who aren't educators if they're watching this who probably have all the wrong ideas about why it happened. If you're watching this, you're not an educator, you don't work in schools, uh, and you don't actually, uh, your kids don't interact in a school like this uh, where something like this might happen. There could be a lot of reasons for why you think it happens. So, uh, so part of our show is to demystify some of these things. In terms of young people, I will say this, what the young people did was they protested. So there was a walkout of the school. So the young people organized, they activated, they organized, they did a big ass walkout. Uh, the SRO is no longer at that school. The, the, the officer is no longer there. Uh, and there was consequences, I think, in that way. They got very bad press and media, and most of that was generated by young people. So if you want to know what happens to young people when they experience something like that around them, this was a good story in that uh, these young people had agency and they, uh, they, took, they took charge. Uh, it made something happen. So there's that. 
I think in any of these situations, you always need to do a 360, though. You can point fingers in any direction and make any person the sole owner of the problem. I think the adults did it all wrong. So three white men walking up, three white men, one who's a cop, walking up on a black student who is having a conversation with another black colleague who is actually helping in a very low key way to listen to the, the young person out is actually a bad look and it's just stupid. doesn't make any sense. Like you, you need to be smarter than that. I heard one of them say, I'm 50 years old. I've been at this for 27 years, but you're no smarter than you were on day one. If, if this is the way you thought you should do it, like roll up on a, a young black man with a cop and another white male to pressure him and talk to him in a way where you're only escalating his, and he's trying to separate from you more than once and you're not letting it happen. So there's that, that young, that, that, that black male who's in there, I feel for him. He was attempting to do something therapeutic and smart and it just wasn't working out. Uh, and I, I hear you Ray and, and uh, Sharif that he could have been career ending if he would have really done the damn thing. The bottom line is this should not have ended in a brutalization of a young male who then gets a, a young black male who gets a felony charge put on him for something that happened at school where he wasn't the violent person. He didn't hit the cop. The cop hit him. He didn't drag the cop. The cop dragged him. The cop sprayed him with pepper spray and then for a prolonged period of time brutalized him on the ground. Uh, and yet he, the kid is the one with the felony charge before you even leave school. If this is what's happening at your American public high schools, that you can go to school and come out with a felony and you weren't even the aggressor. There's something wrong with everything and everybody. That's our word for this week. Thank you again for coming back to watch us at the Eight Black Hands. This has been another awesome episode. What, what, what number is this, fellas? Where are we? 182. 182. That is such a high number. We have been giving you so much for so long so much value for free. free we believe that maybe you should start giving ask not what the eight black hands can do for you but ask what you can do for the eight black hands what can you do you can share this show you can share it with your friends your mama your grandma makes a good new year's resolution you know to get this out to everybody makes a good christmas gift if anybody's got a birthday just get them you know our link and say this is so valuable that I had to give you this. Anyways, we appreciate y'all. Uh, and, uh, you know, to help us out. Share the show. Thank you so much. We will see you next week with another awesome show with the 8 Black